Welcome to episode 26 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and it looks like what I've been waiting for for a long time is about to kick into high gear and is starting to heat up, and that is trades. There is apparently a lot of interest regarding Josh Anderson, Joel Edmondson, and Christian Dvorak from other general managers, and though that's great to hear, and although those players should certainly land Montreal, the additional first-round picks that they're looking for, it can't happen soon enough. I hope those players have a very consistent season or at least start having a consistent season to really increase their trade value. Here's the hoping though that that list also includes players such as Mike Hoffman, who I want to see continue to play well, Evgeny Donatov, Jonathan Drouin. Be great to see fires lit under them and start seeing some semblance of offensive production or else their contracts are just going to merely end and walk away and Montreal is going to end up with nothing for those players. David Savard Looks like he's about to come back from the injury list. Chris Weidman could also be names on that list, as could even Rem Picklick, Jake Evans, and Jake Allen as well. A lot of people don't seem to want to trade that many players or think that that poses a problem. Something that can't be overlooked here is the regards to having too much draft capital. Draft capital is something that an organization just can't have too much of. And I know there's some people that say that you can, but here's some of the reasons of validity or reasons of value that you can't. Not all the draft picks that you select are going to turn out. More to come on that that we'll get back to. Not all of the expected players will make the teams. Later round draft picks have as many opportunities to make clubs these days as one, two, or third round draft picks do. So there's a lot everybody talks about, well, you know, really we need a first or a second round pick. Later round picks never amount to much. Here's a couple of examples of later round picks that have turned out, oh, fairly well, one could say. As a matter of fact, have actually had a effect on a franchise to a level that it's been a completely different franchise with them. And of course, I'm speaking of people like Joe Pravelski, Henrik Zetterberg, Pavel Datsuk, Pavel Bure, just to name a few. We can throw in people like Sergei Fedorov. So those were all fifth or later round picks. Brendan Gallagher on the Montreal Canadiens was a fifth round pick. Jake Evans, one of the players I mentioned earlier, was a seventh round pick. Caden Primo, if he turns out to be something in goal, he's a seventh round pick. Michael Pozzetta, certainly a very team first player, certainly a player that sticks up for his um, fellow teammates. Michael Pozzetta was a sixth round draft pick in 2016. So late round picks, just because somebody says, oh, well, all they got for it was a fifth or later round draft pick, they can become very talented and important pieces of franchises. Just because you're not a first round pick doesn't mean you can't carry a franchise value as a player. It doesn't work that way anymore. Maybe that was true at one point. Maybe that was true from the 70s on back or maybe even the 80s on back, but it has certainly changed since then. And one could certainly say the Canadians currently have a very, very impressive stable or supply of upcoming prospects and talent. They won't be able to sign every one of them. They'll be able to sign a lot of them. If you think about the potential of how many players could be traded, which we'll get back to here in a little bit, off the current roster, yes, there is a home for a lot of those prospects. Some, though, won't be signed. Some might re-enter the draft. Some might just be allowed to walk away. Some may be traded for future draft picks or other assets. They're not going to be able to sign them all. They just have that many of them. The good news is, I think the management of Ken Hughes, 
Jeff Gordon and others will have a real good handle on which ones to sign and which ones not to. And some of the ones they decide not to sign may be surprising to people, but I think their heads together collectively will sign the right group to be in Montreal for a long, long time. Additional reasons why you can never have too many draft picks or what like people want to refer to as draft capital is that players come and go. Players unexpectedly get injured, never recover from it. Players get injury problems, somebody needs to step up temporarily. Players come and go via free agency. And those reasons also even get into things such as players that are drafted by organizations, the play for them to begin with, and when the free agent opportunity becomes available to them based on the years of playing in the National Hockey League, sometimes it's a totally different issue. Their kids are ready to go to school. They don't want to go to the schools in that city. They have something else in mind for them. Could be language issues. Could be political issues. Could be just nothing more than simply wanting to be in a warmer climate or whatever the hobbies of the family are when players are not playing. They want to be in that environment so the whole family can enjoy their hobbies and activities as well. So there's a ton of reasons why you can never have too many draft picks. It's not just a number. I think a lot of people look at it as, oh my God, what are they going to do with 11, 15 or more draft picks? There is a place to have every draft selection that you can get to make sure you protect your roster and organization's future, both current and down the road, as much and as thoroughly as possible. And with regards to all draft picks not working out, just look at the Canadians' draft history. Clearly, from like 1980 through 2010, at least, the only name in that period that actually speaks out is Carey Price, drafted in 2005, number 5 overall. Brendan Gallagher was drafted in 2010, 147th overall. In that period of time, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of other players that were really that impressive in the drafts. So that's a lot of drafts that went by that very little came out of. Now, there were some. Obviously, when Chris Chelios was drafted, drafted 40th overall out of the University of Wisconsin, that was a great draft pick. But they were here and there. They were spotty. There was no consistency. One can certainly make an argument that the best first-round pick between 1980 and 2016 was Miguel Sergachev, chosen ninth overall that year, who's probably turned out to be the best player in the 2016 draft. So think about that for a second. That's 26 years of first-round picks. More than one guy should have made the team. So that's how inconsistent, or more importantly, how many players might just not pan out as expected or be the players that they were expected to be. Now, fortunately, in 2019 and moving forward, starting with the year Cole Caulfield was drafted, right through this year with Yarav Slavkowski, things have turned around dramatically for the Canadians, which has also loaded them up with more talent than they've had and more players that they need to sign all at one time versus the previous 26 to 30 years. So that too creates a problem, but it's actually a nice problem to have. But there will be many of those draft picks that probably won't pan out, either will get traded because of the amount of talent that they currently have, not only that has made the team from young prospects, such as Caden Gooley, Arbor Akjai, Jordan Harris, Jonathan Kovacevic, which they picked up on waivers this summer, Cole Caulfield, 
Nick Suzuki. So that, along with Kirby Doc, has already got a really nice talent pool on the current Canadians roster. However, there will be a lot of players joining them from these drafts of the last couple of years, so that will take up a lot of roster spots. If you look at the roster currently, you might have eight or nine players that are currently on the Canadians roster that will be on that roster moving forward, which means you'll have 11 or 12 spots. So that is without question a tremendous change and turnover ratio that is rarely seen in any sport and on any roster. But with all the prospects that they've had, all the good drafting that's been done, you have those abilities now because of all those assets that were acquired for players. As everybody already knows, the game has changed in every way it possibly could. Everything is looked at differently now by owners, presidents, general managers, coaching staffs. At a time in the history of the past, there wasn't even such a thing as a development coach, let alone today's development staffs containing many players, not only to work offensively or defensively with players on teams, but almost compartmentalized from the standpoint of skating, stretching certain types of shots that players either have or don't have the skill for, how to accelerate that development, skating skills, lateral movement. The coaching of goaltending has become a completely different job than it used to be. How far do you come out? What's your glove hand like? Are you butterfly? Are you stand-up style? How quick can you close the five hole? How quick can you recover? It just goes on and on, and anybody who's played on any level knows that. So the game has changed and evolved to a significant level, and the details of everything are coached, reviewed, and examined to a minute level. Not only at the NHL level, at the AHL level, all the junior leagues in Canada, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, the Ontario Hockey League, the U.S. Under-18s, the NCAA, and various divisional levels, as well as internationally, there is nothing left uncovered. Nobody hides for the most part. There's gems that are found in the draft. Players that were maybe looked at and hadn't quite reached their potential yet. Somebody maybe took a flyer on them and found out, wow, that was a heck of a player. Or somebody completely missed them because they've developed into something else with additional time and with the help of development staffs. Just look at the fact that there was a time when there was quote-unquote a strength and conditioning coach. Now, not only are there those people, the various development staff people we've already talked about, there are nutritionalists on staff for the entire team that prepares meals and things like that. There are players that have their own individual nutritionalists and food science personnel. So it has evolved extraordinarily. And I think honestly to a point or well beyond what people might have even had in mind initially, it's already exploded beyond those points as well. The conditioning process goes far beyond the weight room today for all these players, so that's why development is so important. And that's why it's important to see the work habits of players. And everybody says, well, you got so many draft picks. A lot of them may not pan out. A lot of them may have intangibles that are unknown. All those kind of factors play into that, as everyone knows. But it's going to be absolutely fantastic to see the brain trust of the Canadians with all of these draft assets at those individual drafts coming up starting in 2023. will be fantastic to see exactly what they can fan, the talent that they can land, how quickly they can put it together and return the Canadians to their rightful place in the NHL. And that's being Stanley Cup contenders at a minimal every year, if not the winning team of the league. It's been long overdue since Montreal's had those kind of days. The fans deserve it. Incredible fan base. 
everything about that city is unique from the marketplace to the languages to the knowledge of the fans to the incredible rich heritage of the team it's time for it to return to its rightful place and hopefully it won't take a significant period of five or more years to do so and with the level and amount of talent and prospects that they're landing because of being proactive by moving players not just for contract reasons but because they just aren't fits in montreal they just something hasn't worked out well for them and it's not about burying a player maybe a change of scenery maybe a different team fits their skill set better move them out and take from with your own organization place them on the roster and see how it works out for them there is still a lot of games to be played this year the rookies that made the team many of which were unexpected to make the team i still find it humorous during the summer months everybody said oh my god how can montreal ever have four or five rookie defensemen starting on the team not only did they make it they've played beyond expectations of everybody from the organizational's management to the media to anybody else's expectations it's been great to watch but like i've said from the beginning the trading and the potential of how many players and what montreal can gain from those trades is to me the single most exciting thing about this season well that wraps up episode 26 of the hockey free for all podcast i'm your host steven styles keep tuning in i'll be back before you know it with episode 27 in the meantime have a fantastic holiday season and even a better new year